0: You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate new comic book day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hello, everyone. I'm Amy.
1: I'm Paul, but spooky. And
0: this... (laughs) And this is the comics hall, but this is the Halloween special for the uh, spectacular event by Sideshow. We do have a moderator in our chats today. You want to say hi? Hi, I'm Jasmine. I'm dressed as Death today. We are live on Periscope, Instagram, Facebook, Light Your Geek Sideshow group, and YouTube. Boo! Scary! So many places. <laughs> We're glad you're watching. <laughs> Excellent. So you guys can chat with Jasmine and keep up with her. We hope we haven't uh, got your heart racing too much just yet. We do have a quick disclaimer for this show because it is our Halloween horror uh, themed show. We're going to be giving you some tricks and treats, but please be advised that several of the graphic novels and images that we will be showing and discussing during the course of the comics Halloween are of a slightly more graphic nature uh if you are sensitive to images and descriptions of zombies blood strong language or disturbing content please proceed with caution but be advised there are also all ages appropriate content pieces in today's show again we will have tricks as well as treats but we wanted to make sure that you are aware because we did dedicate this entire show to horror comics and monsters of varying uh Uh, types and sizes and 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 origins and and and, and demonic summoning teeth
1: type the whole we run the whole gamut hello everyone we're not
0: monster uh monster hunters or classifiers by any means no
1: no 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 please please stop emailing us about taking care of your monsters we 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 would love to but we can't do it today we're doing a show
0: i know and we're doing a show in the middle of spooktacular paul do you want to kind of take us away here we're going to replace the news segment with our uh usual with uh, some spectacular updates
1: <laughs> i sure do yes happy day seven of spooktacular everyone the event is still going very very strong through october 31st which is halloween uh for all things spectacular. just in general visit spectacular.com. register uh it is a wonderful uh a tool and trick just to kind of have in the bag for yourself you can still register for free registrants uh have extra chances at exclusive giveaways and random code drops
0: Yes. And uh, we do have an overall prize pack going on uh, for sure. the event. You can check that out at side.show slash prize pack. Uh, this is a Mandalorian uh, giveaway. It is a an epic bounty that anyone would love to hunt down. Uh, so you can check out all the rules, terms and conditions at side.show slash prize pack. Or if you go to our official Spooktacular Survival Guide, because it is not too late to get acquainted with how the event is running. Uh, you can see the full breakdown of that prize pack, but it is amazing. Uh, if you are wonderful. a fan of the Mandalorian, you're going to definitely want to uh, Throw your lot in for this because it is really, really exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I was going to say, Amy, please, are you going to oh. tell everyone about our contest?
0: I mean, you should take it away because yours, yours yours, closed. but Yes.
1: So uh, yeah. the Comics Hall, we have a budget – and they told us that we could run two contests, uh, one for a uh, incredible Doctor Strange statue, and Amy has one for the uh, poison ivy, it's an unframed poison ivy art print, so mine for the Doctor Strange uh, statue has closed, we have chosen a winner, and she has been contacted, so congratulations there. Now Amy, please tell them about your incredible giveaway.
0: Yes. So it is not too late to enter uh, my giveaway. We we both kind of got to choose our favorite characters or some of our favorite characters. And so I thought it appropriate to give away an unframed Poison Ivy art print, fine art print from uh, our program by Tula Lote. that is the beautiful one where she is is very uh shadowed in the jungle just beautiful lush uh leaves and vines everywhere and that image should serve as your muse because my contest is a cobbled cosplay contest in which you are challenged Mm -hmm. to recreate the image of poison ivy uh lurking in the shadows of the jungle uh now Last I checked, there was only one entry. This contest is open till Saturday, so you have no reason not to enter. There is very little competition right now, but what competition there is, is fierce. So you'll want to check that out. That is on our Instagram, so you'll want to go to uh, at thecomicshall on Instagram and Mm -hmm. check out the rules and stipulations. There is a specific hashtag that you need to use, uh, but somebody could be walking off with a uh, Poison Ivy Fire Art Print unframed by Tula Lote. Again, this will count towards your one win for spooktacular so if you haven't won something yet uh, i highly recommend checking that out
1: yes and uh not only has the spooktacular been incredibly crazy and dare i say ambitious but we uh, we do have another thing that, of course, we've never done before at Spooktacular. We built a booth. We are building a booth for the first time in, sp- in uh, Spooktacular history. Uh, now that is going that's going to be sideshows, spooky show, uh, which <laughs> will be live streamed this Friday, October thirtieth, at ten thirty Pacific. It will feature products, uh, spotlights, sp- Spooktacular surprises, and much more. We are going uh, to be showing everyone some stuff that people have never ever seen before some exclusive announcements so you can uh actually right now hit the notification bell so you can be notified right at ten thirty on friday just head over to sci. show forward slash spooky show
0: would it be fair to say that we built a boo
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: that was a that was a low hang of fruit there
1: <laughs> that was we um, knocked it out of the park though Thank you. Uh, It's
0: all about the delivery. And last but not least, you can catch Paul tonight on the Spooktacular Wrap-Up Show exclusively in the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group. Jasmine will be dropping a link to the group that is side.show slash geek group, I believe, Mm -hmm. Uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. And then tomorrow night, I will be the special guest on the Wrap-Up Show. So if you just can't get enough of our antics, uh, I will be on the show tomorrow night, Thursday, October 29th. On that show so that'll be very exciting also just wanted to remind people this this episode is being streamed live currently so if you are watching thank you for Mm -hmm. joining us uh but you can check us out on the podcast format that does launch on thursdays following new comic book day wednesdays uh so you can check us out and if you are listening to the podcast format you can go to side.show slash geek or sideshow.com slash geek uh to check out all the visual assets that we will be uh, showing in this show uh so Without further ado, once again, go to spooktacular.com for all the spooktacular information. But mm-hmm. stay tuned because we have our Halloween special coming up right now. Uh, we sure do. with a little uh, little panel of the week showdown, and it was very tense uh, this week. We battled it out with our favorite zombies. Uh, Zombie
1: panels. Um, yes, yeah, so this is one that we were both very excited for. I, I think we came up with the idea where both our, both of our brains just started moving um and so I, I think this was i think it was pretty close i i, I really it it i it was it ended up being really really close so let's bring up the uh let's bring up the first panel chris That's that's me. All right. I'm I'm on I'm on deck here. So this is from uh, this is the Black Lantern or the Black Lantern Corps. Jonah Hex from Weird Western Tales. Number 71 from the Blackest Night crossover. Uh, This is Dan DiDio. Uh, Of course, here it's uh, a wonderful, wonderful panel. And of course, um, if you didn't know before. I mean, I'm a bit of a Green Lantern fan, so <laughs> I don't think there was any guessing as to whose panel was whose again, um, but I absolutely love this panel, and Jonah Hex sort of personifies everything that is, I think, zombie, if you will.
0: <laughs> and uh, it was a very close race for the panels, not uh, aided at all by the fact that I had some tech issues that I think <laughs> some people saw. Um Thanks. Thank you to those who pointed out that that was Jonah Hex. Uh, Originally, Paul did not send those notes, and I called him Cowboy Zombie. Uh, (laughs) But I was thinking in terms of the zombie that I chose, who is known most famously as Bicycle Zombie, from, of course, The Walking Dead number 1 by Robert Kirkman and Tony Moore. I know it seems like a little bit of a low-hanging fruit, but the Bicycle Girl Zombie is so iconic that it was a centerpiece of the series opening in the live-action adaptation. Uh, Just one of the most truly haunting black-and-white comic Book images that there is. So this is Bicycle Zombie uh, from The Walking Dead. Now, classic panel, man. There was, there was, I know, and it seemed a little obvious to go with The Walking Dead, but uh, sometimes you can't, you can't beat a classic. However, nope. you guys did vote and decide, and the winner is Mr. Cowboy Zombie himself.
1: New band Black- name, I called it.
0: <laughs> Black Lantern Jonah Hex. Congratulations, Paul.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, um, for everyone out there that's keep. You know, I don't think anyone's keeping count. No one knows that it's five to four now, me over Amy, but that's what it is. If anyone was wondering, um. But if, it,
0: if there was one I wanted to win, it was zombies.
1: <laughs> and and if, uh, if history uh, dictates, I will win the next one and then Amy will win the next two and then it will just be in this battle forever.
0: Maybe the whole group is in on it and that's how they're voting every time just to like –
1: Drive I mean, us they inc- they just drive us insane. Yeah, i We're just going to have like the, the the number sequence, like the number 23 or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. But thank you guys for voting. You can vote every week in our Let Your Geek Sideshow Facebook mm-hmm. group. Uh, that is where we also take questions and responses for our Holler at the Hall segment. And we do have a devilishly delightful Holler at the Hall uh, dramatic reading for you guys at the end of the show today. But uh, I think we'd like to get into our main portion of the show. This is our weekly haul. Um, but – even though it is new comic book day Wednesday, we mm-hmm. wanted to take a turn to celebrate spectacular and all things horror theme. So we went with books that are already published, not necessarily brand new books this week. But we, we stuck to a kind of core Halloween theme and we identified yes. some of our favorite costumes, some of our favorite uh, subjects in the genre. And so we mm-hmm. will be taking you each through one of our own recommendations for vampire comics to read this Halloween season, ghost comics and werewolf comics kind of a classic trio of monsters and and the titles we have chosen should cover a wide enough uh span of interests that you will find Mm -hmm. something for anyone
1: here yeah and um right up top you guys are going to notice the theme mine and amy's choice in each one of these three categories vastly different so there's definitely something here for everyone we promise you
0: my covers are a little more sugary sweet, but that doesn't mean that the stories don't have some bite to them as well. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, that they're they're all fantastic, fantastic stories.
0: Fantastic! I,
1: I almost passed it up, but I couldn't.
0: <laughs> no, nope, you you gotta. <laughs> all, right, all right. So do you want to get us started with vampire stories?
1: Let's. Get into it. Um, so for my vampire story, a vampire story, I am talking about Kill Adolfia by Rodney Barnes, Jason Sean Alexander, Luis Neist, and uh, letters by Marshall Dillon. Um, now, if you are out there, and you are not reading this book. You should be. Uh, it's, is a in, This is an incredible book. I don't know how much I can say about this without spoiling it, but it's wonderful. So I like to say the pitch of this book, like why you should be reading it, is a small town. beacot comes home to bury uh, to bury. I'm sorry, his murdered father. The uh, he's a revered Philadelphia uh, detective, and when he comes home, he starts to realize that the killer of his father is not quite clear is it the corrupt city is it is it someone closer to him or is it vampires running rampant in the city of dare i say Philadelphia? so it's always uh, vampires it's if almost always vampires but um i i cannot say enough good things about this story again you should all be reading it this book is incredibly ground this this book is grounded in reality oh i actually have my background here is the francisco matina uh variant for number one it is terrifying um and i love the idea of these uh vampires kind of just eating my head it's nice you know just they they kind of keep me focused um i so now here here's a comparison now i would say don't mark my words but this is being recorded to a lot of you so (laughs) i say that this That Killadolphia does for vampires what The Walking Dead did for zombies, in that you sort of have the the looming presence of the monster, but the people are the scariest aspect of it. Uh, And it really reminds me of a mix of classic, classic vampire stories and The Wire and Training Day. Um, So if you've seen any of those properties and you really like like what that – imagine the grittiness and the tension in like The Wire and in um, Training Day. But then imagine that Denzel Washington was also a vampire. So (laughs) it is a wonderful, wonderful story. It takes its time and it really, really allows everyone – to get invested in these characters from the jump, please, please go read *Killadelphia*. Uh, it is a wonderful book. I just wrapped up its first arc, so you can catch and that it right is now.
0: Uh, an Image Comics title.
1: It, oh yes, I'm sorry by Image Comics. Thank you. Amy.
0: All right. Well, I am getting a note from our moderator that we've got a spectacular surprise here. Uh, hey, Jasmine. Trick or what's, treat. Hey, what's, <laughs> hey, what's up? Um, uh, what did you say? Trick or treat? Yeah. Treat. Oh. It's reward code time.
1: Oh. Oh, what does that say there?
0: Is it Is it backwards? <laughs> Hall R C 20.
1: There you go. There we go.
0: I'm gonna put it in the chat. Oh, my goodness. So, you guys, if you are just now joining for Spooktacular, if, if you're a seasoned vet, you're already out of the chat. Go, 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 go take care of that. But um, we are be doing uh, limited time reward codes or yes. limited quantity mm-hmm. uh, reward codes. Excuse me. Uh, there are only a certain number of these available. You can redeem it on your Sideshow.com account. If you mm-hmm. don't have a Sideshow.com account, you might want to make one really quick. Uh, and that is a, a perfect way to uh, be able to save promos and reward codes for uh the spectacular event and for your uh, sideshow purchasing pleasures. But uh, we do have a limited reward code. Jasmine will be Mm -hmm. dropping that in the chats, but that is hall RC 20 and it's hall as in H a U L rhymes with Paul.
1: Yeah. Uh, And also name of the show.
0: It's also the name (laughs) of the show. (laughs) And again, that is is the
1: first 2000 people. So go, go, go. I don't even know how
0: much that's for. Uh, If you are listening to the podcast, I can guarantee you uh, that this code is already gone, which uh, should incentivize you to watch live next time. (laughs) But if you guys are watching live, uh, let us know if you got the code in the chat. In the meantime, uh, I will take us to our next vampire story, which coincidentally is my background as well. Uh, You may not recognize this beautiful man, but that is Dracula. MF. Uh, I'm not going to be saying the expletive on the screen, but you guys can see the cover. It is cleverly censored with some blood spatter. Uh, this is Dracula MF, uh put out by Image Comics by Alex DeCampi and Erica Henderson. This has been a long-anticipated title. I believe it was first announced in February, but of course made a perfect debut this October. And if you get any vibes from the cover and the title alone, um, it is a grindhouse horror pulp spin on a graphic novel and of course on the classic Gothic novel of Dracula itself. It is set in 1970s Los Angeles and it turns the story into a kinetic mystery that is light on prose. So there's not heavy exposition and dialogue, but it is heavy on the psychedelic artwork and the vibrant coloring that drives the plot. This is what I believe to be one of Erica Henderson's best works of art. You may know her from Mm. Squirrel Girl and Assassination. Um, this book blew my mind. Uh, some another report or not reporter reviewer um, very astutely pointed out that uh, Henderson's work here is like a Gustav Klimt painting come to life. And you can even see that in the, the Dracula image behind me. Um, but what makes this stand out as a vampire story are two key twists from the original Dracula usually a seductive and suave vampire has been represented by an unfathomable as an unfathomable creature of darkness who is ancient depraved and he is made of darkness and teeth and many many eyeballs so what you are looking at behind me is is dracula's true form and there's a beautiful essay at the back by decampi about how turning him away from the kind of suave and charming person puts the the idea of the vampirism and the um, kind of mesmerism of putting someone under your thrall in a lot different light. It's not like, oh, well, of course the brides were seduced by him. It's how, how did they get into this situation with this terrible eldritch entity? Uh, and speaking of the brides, secondly, the most important twist uh, I think in this story is that it takes a unique interest in the agency of the brides, the trio of women uh, that were featured in the original Dracula novel. Um, And again, as he is this abusive force of unattractive power, the brides are now a trio of women who must empower themselves against their master in new and unique ways, taking the power that he has forced upon them. Uh, and then who we do see as well on the cover and, uh, in my background is, uh, detective Quincy or photographer Quincy Harker, who is kind of forced to become a detective as the mystery unravels, um the coloring of this book is energetic and frantic. It is beautiful. There's a lot of action and tension. Uh, the way that it's formatted is so unique. And it's a completely uh, self-contained graphic novel. It's 72 pages and it is um, $16.99. And it, it comes in a hardcover format. It's beautiful. It is absolutely worth it for the artwork and the creative lettering Alone. This was one of my most anticipated graphic novels of the year, and it does not disappoint. It's a really, really cool vampire story.
1: And you got a, a couple of covers, didn't you?
0: I did. I got a, a special, also an expletive that I'm not going to say on our show, <laughs> but a, a special variant cover yeah. uh, that they created a limited edition of 500. Um, and it has an alternate, very purple and uh, kind of more elegant cover uh, oh, okay. that you would expect almost on a gothic uh, vampire novel but it was a way to highlight uh, special comic book stores it was only available at six stores across the united states Jeez. in a limited edition of 500 but it does have the henderson cover beneath the dust jacket which is really cool hmm. very yeah, unique knew. offering it's it's it is brand new it came out a couple weeks ago so it should still be on the shelves at your local store
1: yeah it's it's absolutely beautiful it's a wonderful book and i will be picking it up ASAP is possible. So, <laughs> alrighty, righty, we're going to move on everyone to our next category, which is ghosts. Woo. Nice. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: so, uh, for my ghost story i chose echoes by image comics written by joshua hale uh Fyalkov, Rashan. uh art by Rashan uh Ekadal, colors also by colors also by Rashan, and letters by tony uh petery so um this is a wonderful story that i uh i actually only have the graphic novel of i didn't pick this up until Oh, sorry, Mike. Uh, I didn't pick this up until um, it was in graphic novel form. I think the book is about six years old, if I remember correctly. It did come out in 2014, um, and it's a really limited run. It's only six issues. It's and it's incredibly, incredibly dense as far as like a horror story goes. So, Echoes is about a uh, is about Brian Cohn, a diagnosed schizophrenic, living a simple, uncomplicated life in Monroe, Pennsylvania. Then he goes to visit uh, his estranged uh, father who has Alzheimer's, and before he dies, he whispers something in his ear that shakes Brian's life, and it just – it completely derails that simple, uncomplicated life he had. Um, So now, Brian Burdened, with this news, uh, he has to discover, am am I my father or am I someone completely different? So I – I almost feel like I I have to sort of spoil a little bit, everyone. I'm really sorry. I don't (laughs) like to, I don't like to, uh, we are a spoiler free show and podcast, but, um, you do find out in the first couple of pages, what it is. And it really does set the tempo for what this book is and why I think you should read it. So Brian finds out that his father, um, who was estranged, who he didn't, was never really in his life is a, Um, for lack of a better word, incredibly successful serial killer. Um, And where the ghosts in this come in is not only figurative ghosts and the ghosts of what his father did, and and he has to bear the weight of of all of that, but literal ghosts of his father's victims come back to haunt him, and then the story really, really kicks off. So um, for anyone that uh, if you were uh, like me and you tried to read Every single thing that came out during the New 52, if the name uh, Joshua Hale Fialko sounds familiar, he did the entire I, Vampire run during the New 52. So he's he does like that uh, that bit of horror, and uh, he's really good at writing tension, and of course, Ekadol's art is great. Uh, it's in black and white, which I loved, uh, because when they asked um, the team, why did you decide to do this whole book in black and white, predominantly – uh Ekendal had said he shared a story about a family member in his life who also suffers from schizophrenia and had said that uh unfortunately when he's in a bad uh when he's in a bad headspace that he sees the world in black and white so he found that very uh you know i guess very captivating for lack of a better word um and one of the things that I really love about this book is that uh, the artist, I mean, sorry, the writer, Joshua Fialkov has said it's loosely based on a true story and a uh, via someone close to him or someone that has told him the story, but he leaves it at that. He has never said who. He has never hinted at anything else. He said, I can't tell you anything, but this story means a lot to me because it's loosely based on a true story, uh, which is terrifying, which, which is incredibly terrifying uh, when you read this book, knowing that like, oh, this is not outside the realm of possibility like by any means Mm -hmm. um it's 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 honestly incredible uh i the best part of this story for me and you're gonna find is brian cohen the main character uh he really is trying to do every single thing that he can to live an honest normal life but he just can't seem to escape uh quite literally the ghost of his father um i mean it's 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 insane that he had one minute he's living completely normally and the next minute he's got to deal with the news that his dad was a serial killer and he inherited the house where his father you know did all the acts and um it's a really really crazy story there's one particular panel in here that I always tell people is like my favorite horror panel of all time I won't spoil it but you'll know it when you see it so,
0: please, what a tease. <laughs> what a tease.
1: Uh please go pick up Echoes um by Joshua Hill, Fialkov and Rashan Eckadol uh by Image Comics. Uh I actually have it. Let's see if I can actually this these zoom backgrounds don't do me justice, but I've got like in a really small digest size. Uh hmm. that's how they sell it. So go uh go pick it up. It's a great book uh and it's really 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 affordable. It's only like 9.99. So
0: there's a a fantastic um kind of trend in horror to say this is inspired Mm -hmm. by a true tale. And, and usually despite some exaggerations, there's always an interesting kernel of truth. So I think that's fascinating that that is in there. If you guys want to know more about horror movies that were inspired by real uh, acts of, of, horror and tragedy we do have a uh, geek side show contributor article by a guest writer named shane smith uh that is up on our blog we've we've been putting out spectacular content all week but i uh, i'm the curator and editor of the blog so you should check that out as well but of course when we're done with the show now up next is my ghost story archival quality by uh from oni press by ivy noel ware and steens uh steens is nice. the cartoonist's name um so this is actually uh, a middle grade or young adult graphic novel. A uh, bit more all ages content. I mean, if you're an adult, there is no there's no upper age limit on the book. Uh, but this is best for uh, teenage readers, I believe. Archival quality is a fantastic uh, psychological slow burn that is as much a haunting ghost story as it is an examination, a very uh, very respectful examination of mental health and what that does to a person who uh, is unable to to kind of realize their basic needs uh, in mental health. Um, Steens's art uh, is one of the biggest uh, things for me. I love Steen's so much, uh, but uh, her art is very no frills. It has a beautiful emphasis on character and expression that really brings you into the minds and the psyches of the characters. I mean, you can even see from the cover that we are showing um, just very, very character and expression centric uh, that really does well. For a psychological story, um, it follows a young woman named Cell who has taken an overnight job at a, a library archiving records and medical files. Uh, and as one might expect, there seems to be unfinished business in this <laughs> library, especially when you're working alone at night. Uh, very, very frightening. Uh, but the unfinished business is in the form of a ghost girl whose appearances and uh, haunting clues that she kind of leaves throughout the library uh, mm. cause anxiety for the already depressed Cell who is uh, struggling uh, currently. And it's, it's incredible as you kind of start to see as the records that Sal has to, um, archive for the library become slightly more and more sinister. Uh, and you learn that the library wasn't originally the site of a library. Uh, first, I won't spoil it for you, but, um, some collections haven't been unearthed in a while, and there's probably a good reason behind that. Uh, and Steens are a kind of dream team. Uh, both were comic book retailers who, uh, met during their time selling books and they, they banded together to create uh, this graphic novel. Um, It's a very, very intimate uh, examination of mental health as well as the ghost story. And there's lots of nice um, creepy images that aren't so traumatizing to a reader who this might be their first horror story, or they are preferring the, the psychological bent more than just straight gore and horror. Uh, It's, really nice little well-crafted moments of unsettling occurrences that make you about as unsure as the protagonist of what's actually going on and what she is experiencing. Uh, And there's that nice also idea of what she is experiencing is not understood uh, or so clear to the other people in her life. And so there's that uh, idea of the ghost and the haunting versus the, are you having an episode, is there something we can do to help you? Um, it's it's a fascinating little story. I really love this graphic novel. I, I think I devoured it uh, in an afternoon. Uh, <laughs> it is 1999. It is 280 pages, and it is entirely self-contained. And uh, it won a Junior Library Guild Selection Gold Standard Award. Wow. So that's pretty cool. It was recognized by a library for its depiction of library work, uh, but also for being a fantastic uh, and accessible graphic novel for for readers, so I thought that was that was one that I specifically wanted to uh, highlight as a ghost story because it is as much about how we haunt ourselves right. uh, and as as ghosts who do haunt the places. That I we live I,
1: in. I do like that we both had a similar theme, sort of, with our ghost stories. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that makes a really successful ghost story. Is is if it's not just like you know, hey, I'm being haunted by this thing. Uh, it there definitely has to be. Um, Well, of course, in in the uh, example of archival quality, like if it evokes that incredible emotion, you win awards. It's just how it happens. Yes, and
0: and there is something inherently psychological and uh, personal about the idea of a ghost, which is usually, as opposed to a poltergeist, if we want to get into specifics, uh, (laughs) an entity that is more personal. It affects memory. It affects perception. And so right. there is a really cool way to examine that. And I think this this does it fantastically in an accessible and uh, not quite all ages, but uh, a wider format than a straight horror book would would be.
1: Excellent. Wonderful. That's a great pick, Amy. I, Thank I you. An- Another one, unfortunately, that I have not gotten to read. And I like how... Uh, ev- there are so many here, comics. <laughs> uh, Amy bragged that she finished a whole 80 pages in a day, but we're going to move right past that. Sorry, I'm not a speed reader, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're going to move on to our next category, our next and unfortunately last category, werewolves, werewolves, werewolves. Did I have it right? Why wolves? Why, why are wolves? Um, <laughs> so uh, the book that I chose is not actually a graphic novel. This is uh, a comic that had just come out. And we actually I really wanted to cover it on a previous epi- episode of Comics Hall. But unfortunately, we just didn't have time. So I am choosing Werewolf by Night by uh, Taboo and uh, Benjamin Yakinoff, which is and that is the Taboo uh, from the Black Eyed Peas. He is an excellent writer, and he is a huge fan uh, of not only this character, but of getting this character and this particular story launched. Um, An art by Scott Eaton, which I had a note for myself, insert werewolf Eaton joke. So (laughs) (laughs) – There, there's Good my, job.
0: there it is. There's
1: my eating joke. Um, and colors by Miroslav uh, Murava and letters by VCs, Joe Sabino. Um, this is a great story. And now uh, this is a, I think this, is this the only story that either one of us had that's from some of the big two, I believe, right? So yes. There's, there's not a whole lot of inherent horror in some of those. Um, and this is not a book that I would classify as, you know, grassroots horror, but it is uh, a, a, pretty terrifying tale of, uh, this young and, uh, really hopeful young man, uh, on a Hopi reservation in Arizona, um, where for some years he's been grappling with what is now a hereditary werewolf curse that turns him into a big shouldered wolf monster on any night that his emotions act up. Um, I mean, it's, it's an incredible story that I think people will be really surprised by. Specifically, because I think everyone has a very specific idea of what Werewolf by Night is. So um, I think if you're if you're coming into this and you're looking for Jack Russell, <laughs> you're not gonna get Jack Russell. This love is Jake. That name. I know you do. <laughs> every time, every time you, I, I know you. They love
0: went it. for it. They, they had did. no shame.
1: Yeah, it was. You know, it was the seventies. No one's gonna tell them no. <laughs> Um, and, and if you are, if you only passingly know Werewolf by Night, if anything, Werewolf by Night, I believe 17 is what launched Moon Knight. So, um, but this is a far and away, much different, wonderful take on the character that, um, that Taboo and B. Earl, oh, sorry. So B. Earl is, uh, Ben Yakunov's, uh, pen name. I, I, my notes are all over the place on him because he changes it all the time. Um, but it's a, this is... Not exactly classic werewolf by night. So, if you are looking for uh werewolf by night, would in you know from any time in the last 20 years or 30 years, this is definitely a different story. But what I do love is that this particular story showcases an underrepresented, I think, uh, culture that is like rife for superheroes and rife for uh just kind of spooky tales in general. Uh, the native culture on the Hopi Reservation has a ton of um. Like cryptid tales, and this really plays into it, uh, specifically with like the vastness of some of these reservations and how it can just be so dead quiet. Uh, I absolutely love it so much. Uh Scott Eaton and Scott Hanna. Scott Eaton, who uh is doing pencils and Scott Hannah who is doing the colors, do a wonderful job uh of capturing like that southwest feel. It almost feel like if you're out there and you're reading that Texas Blood. Uh, which I recommend all the time. I talk about it all the time because I love it. Uh, and it just feels like Texas. This book just feels like Arizona. It just, uh, they do a great job of capturing that. Um, so I would say also to, I mean, honestly, if you want to pick this up, if you are also reading uh, Outlawed right now in the Marvel, uh, the current Marvel event, this actually does do a good job of tying itself into the outlawed event in that uh jake gomez is 17 so the story uh really the protagonist or the antagonist i'm sorry is hunting jake gomez because he's going against kamala's law so Hmm. that uh that is that'll set the scene i'm not going to spoil everything and this just came out it's only four issues so it's a really really easy commitment for a story that means so much to um Ben Yakinoff, but specifically Tabu, who is native and uh, had been wanting to tell this story for so long. Uh, I really think you guys sh- should pick this up again. There are uh, only there's only one issue so far, but it's it's wonderful. And for those who have a keen eye, uh, yes, uh, I'm, all I'm going to say is that is a Hulk reference on the cover there. That is a Hulk <laughs> reference. So uh, good catch. But yeah, that is Werewolf by Night number one. Uh, there's only one issue out. Go pick it up.
0: So that, yeah, the perfect time to jump in. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm going with what is arguably, the, and I often describe comics as food. This is the most cotton candy whipped cream of the comics that we have on our list today. It is uh, Moonstruck by Image Comics, uh, written by Grace Ellis with art by Shea Beagle and colors by Caitlin Quirk. Um, this is a fabulous feel-good story that is not necessarily horror uh but i picked it because of the focus of werewolves in the story uh volume one is called magic to brew and it is an all-ages comic that centers on a werewolf uh, but it has a lot of other monster types so there is everybody gets represented uh, including minotaurs centaurs witches vampires gorgons and more and for those of you who this will mean something to you It is a coffee shop AU set in a, in a magical college town. It's basically, it's everybody's favorite. Like, wouldn't it be cute if our favorite characters were baristas or like (laughs) had, had a, had a coffee store that they all centered at. It's like, uh, it's like the Buffy, the vampire slayer, like going to the bronze. It's like, Oh, let's go to the black cat cafe. Um, and it the the crux of the story is a uh, lesbian werewolf barista romance so i hope i still got your attention uh you guys see on the cover that is julie uh, and she is the werewolf barista who has to navigate both life and love as she works her job at the black cat cafe and balances a budding romance with another werewolf named selena uh the cast also includes my personal favorite lindy the gorgon uh she's a big (laughs) mean bruiser who is the ill-tempered lead musician of her own self-titled band lindy and the hops uh is chet the non-binary centaur who is julie's co-worker at the black cat cafe uh there's manuel the gentle minotaur who's also very sweet uh and mark the scaredy bat vampire and there's also witches uh there's magical foxes there is fairies in the second volume uh but volume one deals with a traveling magician who comes to town and causes trouble for uh everybody in Blythton, including taking away chet's centaur legs um volume two is a good old college frat party at a fairy house uh and if you guys know anything about the fae rules and and Fairy Circles, that one's a lot of fun. It plays with a lot of different supernatural tropes. And I just found out that uh, Volume 3 is scheduled to come out in December, and that one is focusing on the annual Blythedon Mermaid Festival. So there is a little bit of every type of monster in Moonstruck, but because it is called Moonstruck, it does focus on the werewolves at the center of the romance. Uh, there is a lot of great fantasy illustration, um, lots of colorful scenery, and there's there's just so many colorful uh, and fantastical characters that fill out the town. Uh, now, Moonstruck Volume 1 is uh, 9 99 because it is an Image Comics first volume, uh, and it contains the first five issues of the series with a, a 120 pages total, and this was a unique uh, switch-up because it was pr- first published as single issues, but Volume 2 and onwards are exclusively in the trade paperback format. So this is the... Um, Similar format to books like Motor Crush or with Dark Horse, The Invisible Kingdom and um, also from Image Crowded. A lot of books are uh, trading in their final arcs from single issues to trade because trade paperbacks do seem to be um, more profitable for some of the independent titles that can't draw mm-hmm. enough independ- uh, single issue readership. Uh, but I love Moonstruck. It is billed as an all ages, but it is by no means immature um, it's very fun, and this arc is self-contained, so you could just go for the volume one. But I, I guarantee you will be enchanted enough to stick on for the other trades. Uh, and then it it also received an accolade on the Texas Library Associ- Association's Maverick Graphic Novel Reading List. Uh, so it is a it is just a very uh, feel good fun story and i just it's one of those slice of life comics where it's just everybody's in a college town and everybody's a little monster and, and that's normal and it's super cute so uh that was the werewolf story i wanted to pick because i felt like i needed to uh balance out some of uh paul's more terrifying uh story it's a good aspect.
1: palate cleanser for sure
0: but also it is my favorite werewolf comic so
1: it's wonderful uh, it i very, love like just how fun that cover is yeah it's wow. it's
0: so great and there's a I I. Didn't mention her, but there is a witch character whose name is escaping me right now. But she does like <laughs> prophecy and stuff, and she works at another uh, store in town. And it just feels like it feels like a sandbox world where you you know everybody and they're all friends, and it's just absolutely delightful. Well,
1: that's the best. Being dropped in a, a town like that, it's like I think I could work here. I mean, I I mean maybe you'd have to still be interviewed and whatnot, but I think I <laughs> I have a legitimate shot.
0: And the the fairy frat party in volume two does get intense. Like it's it's like take everything you know about college parties, but mix it in with the rules and the trickery of <laughs> fae creatures, and you're like, oh my god, how are they going to go to this one? So <laughs> <laughs> highly recommended. That is Moonstruck by uh, Image Comics.
1: Oh, awesome! Thank you guys all uh, very much. That was our three uh, categories, but we're not done. Not by a long shot i I was trying to think of a some moon moonstruck uh pun this is going great (laughs) this is going fantastic
0: well we've got our next segment which uh, typically would be hollering at the hall but maybe it's howling at the hall this week uh we asked you guys for your true tales of comic book terror uh the the spine chilling spine ripping uh stories of terrible things that have happened to your comic book collection (laughs) and some of them i couldn't bear to read i i I sympathize unfortunately with a number of them but like it's nice to know that you're not alone but some of these stories are terrifying so paul and i picked uh a number of them that we would like to dramatically read for you and hopefully not scare you guys too badly off of our (laughs) podcast Uh, but uh, we thought this would be a fun way to kind of wrap up uh the comics hall. For uh, for our our spectacular special.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, I can I can get us kicked off, Amy, if you'd like. Please I, do. I gotta turn off this light here.
0: You got your your spooky light.
1: Got lights off. How do I look? Am I spooky?
0: Ooh, I'm scared.
1: All right. <laughs> so this story comes from Eric Del Rosso. When I was 19, I owed four months of rent. That's terrifying, uh, and had to dip <laughs> out of the window leaving behind my amazing spider-man 300 that i paid 300 dollars for crying emoji the landlord was pounding on the door it was hung up high on the wall so i jumped out of the window and into my friend's car and that was that that's terrifying man oh my goodness wow he he lost spider-man 300 (laughs) oh you could have just jumped out with it but i mean That's probably, I don't want to just assume I knew what was happening, but you got away safe, um, and maybe that Spider-Man 300 made someone very happy. Just not you. (laughs) Live to tell the tale.
0: Yes. (laughs) All right. Our next terrifying tale comes from Alex Cutler. We have moved six times in the last three years, and I have a large comics collection. We hired some moving guys, and I was watching them closely when they started to grab the long boxes. One of them somehow ripped the box open at the back and all the comics went spilling out onto the ground. Luckily, I have my books bagged and boarded, so they just spilled out onto the pavement, but I almost had a heart attack. I think I only lost one that got caught underneath all the rest and was bent in half in its bag and board. Even to lose one comic, though, that's, that is that uh, is a sad and tragic loss. But hey, that is a testimony to why you need to bag and board your books. Yes, uh, bag and
1: board them. Wow, that's awful. Oof. I know. Like I,
0: I like that there was a, a positive spin to the story, yes. but like oof.
1: Again, just sort of keeping with the theme of, of what horror looks like to both me and Amy.
0: <laughs> All right, you want to take our next I one? I
1: sure do. Let me get this light again. This is def. I definitely didn't think this through. <laughs> okay. From Josh and Rene Orozco. I collected X-Men, Spider-Man punisher and the hulk from the 70s through the 90s had them stored at my mom's place but i guess while i was traveling all over the planet my kid brother found and sold most of them sigh family sigh family that's a that's a good (laughs) tagline (laughs) truly yeah that was terrifying uh that's a lot of books I mean, from the seventies through the nineties of just those titles, that's a lot of books. That is. Oh man. there is
0: and if you guys are looking for more of these tales, they are all posted in our Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group. There is a post. Yes. Uh, it was a moderator announcement. There are some fabulous stories uh that you can read. We won't be able to get to all of them, but I Paul and I do each have a couple more to check out. So this tale of uh terror comes from Patrick Porter. Uh, this this one's a spine chiller, but also a, a, a head scratcher. <laughs> I had some comics in my bathroom. I was moving stuff around, and I thought they'd be safe there for some reason. My wife decided to try her hand at fixing the toilet and didn't shut the water off. Flooded the whole bathroom, and I lost about 20 comics. Ooh.
1: Oh, man. I have a
0: lot of questions, but you know what? I respect the story, and that is tragic no matter where you slice it.
1: That is incredibly terrifying. I just like having just watching the water damage. Like you can't do anything like because if like, well, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we've got other stories of how books can be ruined. But water damage is irreversible. Oof, man. (laughs) Bag and board your books, people. And don't keep them in the bathroom. I don't care what the internet says. Don't keep him in the bathroom. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll move on to my final story. Uh, this is a, a bit of a longer one. So everyone buckle up. Nice. All right. Oh, hold on. From Chris Surma. I bought a nice copy of floor 152 by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. I got the book opened up the sleeve, and I took a look at it, and I am, and I was, happy with the price paid and the condition it was in. I put the comic back in the sleeve, and it won't go in. Why, you ask? The damn piece of tape that holds down the flap of the comic bag attached itself to the front cover of the book. I tried to gently remove it. Nope. No luck. It started tearing the cover. So, yes, it ruined the comic as it now has a lovely piece of tape on it. I have since quit using normal bags. I now use resealable bags. Harsh lesson learned. Oh, man. That's the word.
0: I don't want to lose any momentum there because I have a similar tale from Alan Morataya. I purchased Nick Fury, Agent of Shield number 4, with an awesome Steranko cover. I'm sure all of us know the one. And as I removed it from the bag... The tape on the flap attached itself to the cover, and I ripped the cover. A rookie mistake, but lesson learned. Now, he who has not accidentally gotten tape on a comic book cover can cast the first stone, but I am completely guilty, and I, I even got uh, tape on the comics that uh, I had to bag and board when I worked at a store. <laughs> so, mea culpa. Paul, do you have any uh, quick tales of your own personal horror before we, uh, um, before we sign off for the day?
1: Yes. Uh, So my grandmother, when I was probably 15 or 16, didn't know that I'd had uh, original first print copies of The Walking Dead number six, I think through 12. Um, She had moved them. And when she had moved those books, my grandpa took them with the rest of the mail and the rest of everything that was Due to be trash, and my six issues of The Walking Dead, number one first prints were thrown away, and I have not seen them since. Of course, so oh. it's fine. I'm okay. I've since recovered. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell a story because I. I know I had one, and I've. Uh, there's plenty of instances of of comic book shenaniganery, but uh, I will tell <laughs> the story that my father told me. Uh, that I was able to then present to my mother as a, you never touch my comic books, uh, <laughs> this is our agreement. Uh, when he was a child, he was a big old DC Comics reader. He had original, he didn't have action comics, number one, but he had some of the like most classic Superman, uh, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane. He had the early Justice oh, League, probably had comic books that would be worth tens of thousands of dollars nowadays. And uh, he went off to school. And he had him in a box in his closet and his mother was cleaning out. And of course, as she does, she thinks it's clutter. Uh, so his mother threw out the boxes. And of course, he got home and was like, where are my comics? And she said, well, I put them in the trash. And he runs out to the trash can only to discover it was trash day. Oh, And the no. books were gone. The books were on their way to the dump by the time he got home from school.
1: Oh, Oh,
0: that was enough for me to I, – I had him in my corner when I said to my mom, I'm starting a comic book collection. You will never touch these books. Uh, I, I don't care if you tell that yourself they're an investment or whatever. I will, I will take the utmost care of them, but these do not go anywhere without my permission.
1: Exactly. Smart. So. Make her sign a contract.
0: Because my dad said he was fine, but I think the way that he talks about that story, he is not fine. <laughs> Some part of him will always hold that in his heart. Always. So we do have a new question for you guys uh, on the theme of uh, these. Tales of Terror. How do you store and protect your comic books? Do you ever reopen books that you've bagged and boarded? Uh, we will post this question up on Friday uh, in the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group so you guys can chime in with your answers there. We are looking forward to hearing your uh, more positive protective spin on <laughs> how you guys uh, look after your comics. Uh, hopefully as a nice uh, shot chaser to the Comics Hall terror <laughs> that we've all experienced today. Uh, but again, uh, Jasmine will also uh, I think put that in the chats, but you guys can check it out in the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group this week um you guys can always email us uh questions suggestions answers to the questions uh at the comics hall at sideshow.com and you can find us on social media at the comics hall on instagram facebook and twitter that is in our banners below reminder check out our instagram for the poison ivy uh fine art print cobbled cosplay contest that is going on till i believe friday or saturday Mm -hmm. uh so you can check that out Uh, And then don't forget, uh, we've got the Spooky Show uh, live stream coming up on Friday. That is side.show slash Show. And for all of the information, updates from Spooktacular and more, you can go to spooktacular.com. We will be back next Wednesday. Uh, I don't know what day that is because I'm still in Spooktacular time. But next Wednesday with the newest books of the week. So you guys will be back on track with regular releases. Uh, But until then, uh, Paul, do you have any final words of, of parting?
1: Um. Thank you all so very much. Uh, we'll see you guys all uh, very soon. Next Wednesday, in fact, as we see you guys at all, the to- uh, all the time. Th- thank you if you are listening on the podcast. We appreciate you. And as always, oh, Amy, take us out.
0: <laughs> I'm Amy.
1: And I'm Paul.
0: <laughs> and this has been the Comics hall special. Thank you guys Lightning. so much for joining us. Lightning. Boom,
1: boom. <laughs> boom, boom.
0: <laughs> this has been the Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, presented by Sideshow. Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing thecomicshall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at The Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't forget to Let Your Geek Sideshow.